Hello, I'm Stephen Groom. Welcome to Let God Speak. Revelation 14:7 tells us that the reason we should fear God and give glory to Him is because the hour of God's judgment has come. So just when is the hour of God's judgment and what does it mean to us? Please join us as we study this important subject of the timing that is the hour of God's judgment. On our panel today, we have Hannah Nakagawa and Harold Harker. Welcome, Hannah. Welcome, Harold. Thank you. Before we start our program, let us pray to God for a blessing. Let us bow. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful message you have in Revelation 14, 7. Please help our audience to understand the message of the hour of God's judgment and its timing. Mm. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let us begin in Daniel chapter 7 in regards to the time frame for the hour of God's judgment. In Revelation 14, 7, Daniel 7 goes through the last four great kingdoms of the world, all, represent, all represented by beasts, such as the winged lion representing Babylon in verse 4, a bear raised up on one side in verse 5 representing Medo-Persia, and then a leopard with four wings in verse 6, representing Greece. And then what did Daniel see regarding the fourth beast, Harold? Well, Daniel saw a great, a ter terrible, a dreadful beast. It was exceedingly strong. It was like no other beast he'd seen. It had iron teeth. It had ten horns. Mm. And its head had been described in verse 7. It was like no other living animal. You know, it represented Rome, pagan Rome, established until the 1st century BC, until the 5th century AD. This was the beast that Daniel saw. Thanks for that. And so, yes, in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 8, out of the 10 horns, which represents the breakup of Rome, um, it says that, I considered the horns, that is the ten horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. And it says here that, um, what does this little horn represent? And when does it appear in history, Hannah? Yes, sure. So as you said, the ten horns on the fourth uh, beast represent the breakup or division of the Rome. And when it was attacked by the barbarian from 478 AD onward to our day, um, as this is the last kingdom before Christ's second coming advent. So Daniel saw uh, this wicked religious institution called the Little Horn. And um, it's coming up after pagan Rome declined. And um, also mention is made of God's saint, which we can find in verse 21, the same chapter, Daniel chapter 7. The Bible said, I was watching and the same home was making war against the saint and prevailing against them. So we know that this little home power is um, 
against saints, um, I mean persecuting them as well. Thanks for that. So, Harold, when was the um, little horn persecuting the saints on earth? Um, Daniel saw something else happening in a change of direction. What did he see, Harold? Well, he changed direction from earth to heaven. And in verse 9, it reads, I watched till thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, his wheels as burning fire. And then a judgment decision is made against this beast. Mm. And verse 10 says, A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. And then the condemnation is given from this judgment in verse 11. And it says, I watched then because the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. And so this describes what's happened from the end of Rome, about 476, until the coming of Christ Hmm. and what happens to this power. Oh, thank you for that. And so is this judgment decision in heaven immediately carried out, Hannah? Not quite. So the verse that um, Pastor Haka just read, the last part of verse 11, I'll just read again. It says, I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. So it would be thrown into the burning flame. But when we look at verse 12, it says, As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. So it will be burnt with the rest of the beasts as well. And when do we see this? Um, If we read the last part of verse 12, it says, Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So it has not carried yet. It would be. so, So this judgment decision that's happening in heaven with the books, the books of those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, The decision is made, but it's not carried out. This persecution happens, continues to happen on earth. That's why it's called a pre-advent or before the second coming of Jesus. Judgment is decided in heaven. Mm. Does this um, heavenly judgment decide in favour of anyone, Harold? Well, you always hope a judgment will give in favour of you. Let me read verse 22 until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favour of the saints of the Most High. Mm. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. And so this judgment is in favour of the saints, those who believed in Jesus, but they wait until that time to possess it when Jesus returns. And so until then, There's a bit of persecution. This power is persecuting, but the judgment has been given against this horn power and for the saints. So we're given privy in in an aspect before the actual carrying out of the sentence. That's right. So we should stress the, the need to become a saint and be saved. Is that right? Correct. So Daniel 7 tells us that the pre Advent Jap judgment is happening sometime between 476 AD until the second coming of Jesus. Um, 
But chapter 8 gives us a more precise um, timeline, doesn't it? And in fact, I'd like to read to you um, chapter 8 of Daniel and verse 14. It says that, And he said to me, that is, the angel said to Daniel, Unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Um, so wh what, is, what is the cleansing of the sanctuary there, Hannah? Yes. What's that all about? Yes, the sanctuary shall be cleansed. For us, it sounds, hmm, what does it mean? But for um, each Jews clearly understood the meaning of the cleansing of the sanctuary, earthly sanctuary, because um, they knew about this day. Uh, it occurred on the day of atonement. Yes. So they, the Jews understood that the Day of Atonement was a judgment day, didn't yes. they, mm. in, in the sanctuary service? And so first we must understand what is the sanctuary cleansed from, uh, Harold? Well, to know that, you have to understand the temple sacrificial system that the Jews had, that God instituted for them. The whole service was about sin and its penalty. If someone sinned, they brought their lamb to the priest. They confessed their sins. The lamb was slain. The blood is taken as though the sin is taken into the sanctuary. So the sanctuary needs then cleansing. And this would happen every day. But once a year, they had the Day of Atonement when it would be cleansed. And here, the cleansing of the sanctuary refers to that time when the sins of God's people, which were forgiven, will be finally cleansed. Yes. So, so let me see if I understand this. So there was daily sacrifices, both morning and evening, yep. by the, the priest. Yes. There was also individual sacrifices Correct. where if you felt you, you were convicted of sin, mm. you would bring a lamb to yes. the priest yes. and he would slay the lamb. Mm. So all this, and, and then the priest would... So the sanctuary service was about transference the, of sin from the sinner, sinner to the priest, to the blood, and then to the sanctuary where the, the sanctuary was defiled. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so that was the, there was a daily service, but there was also a yearly service, as you mentioned, mm. which finally dealt with the confessed sins of God's people. Yes. This festival in type was called Yom Kippur, which in English means Day of Atonement in English, mm. when the sanctuary was cleansed of these confessed sins of God's people who were Israel. Can you tell me more about this yearly festival, Hannah? Sure. Uh, we can find it in Leviticus chapter 16. Um, in this uh, reveal, uh, we go to verse 7 to uh, verse 10 first. The Bible said, He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord as the door of the uh, tabernacle of the meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the um, scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the uh, scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make a torment upon it and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. Mm. Um, a few more verses, 17 to 22. Let's read this. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meaning when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out. 
that he may make atonement for himself, for uh, his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. And he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Then he shall sp uh, sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times, cleanse it and uh, consecrate it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he has made an end of atonement um, for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the heads of the live, live goat, uh, confess over it after all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgression concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall uh, send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a, a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an um, inhabited land and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. So it was a long one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. So, so in summary, um, there was two goats chosen. Yes. One was called the Lord's goat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In anti-type, this represented Jesus who yes. was slain for our sins. Mm. He, by giving himself for our sins, he took the right to take our sins away. Yes. Then there was another goat called a, a, a Zazzle. Some um, Bibles refer to that as a scapegoat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this goat then would have all the sins from the sanctuary placed on its head and he yes. would go into a land uninhabited. Mm. And this represented Satan, yeah. who at the end of time will be punished for mm. all of God's people who have confessed and forsaken their sins. Yeah. Very uh, intricate or elaborate uh, festival, wasn't mm. it? Uh, dealing with our sins. Is there any parallel, um, Harold, between the cleansing of the sanctuary in Daniel 8:14 and the heavenly judgments scene that we read earlier in Daniel chapter 7, 9 and 10 and verses 13 and 14. Well, you've got to realize every Jew knew the meaning of the cleansing of the sanctuary and God gave them a, a model. The model, the sanctuary was a model of the sanctuary in heaven. Yes. And so there is here the day of atonement from Leviticus and the cleansing of the sanctuary of Daniel 8:14. They both symbolized and refer to the pre-Advent investigative judgment that Daniel had seen in the vision of Daniel 7. Mm. And we, re we reviewed that a little earlier. Yes. Thank you. So they're one and the same thing. Yeah. Cleansing of the sanctuary and the judgment where the books are open by um, the Father and in front of Correct. the Son of Man. They're the same event, aren't mm. they? And so... Um, when Daniel was given this most important message by the angel Gabriel, uh, uh, did, did Daniel understand it, Hannah? Well, not really. Uh, Daniel chapter 8, verse 27, it says, And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. He didn't understand. He didn't. Um, oh. I admire Daniel a lot. He was a faithful man, but he fainted and was sick. And, and we know that God doesn't leave questions unanswered. So he obviously made him to understand it. How did that happen? Yes. Well, 
then the angel Gabriel had come to Daniel in Daniel 8 mm. and then Daniel's sick and he's praying and Gabriel comes again. It was probably a year later actually and this is what he said. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out and I have come to tell you for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. So now in Daniel 9, he in unfolds the meaning of that vision of Daniel 8. This was about a year later, wasn't mm. it, after he left him in Daniel yeah. chapter 8. So Gabriel, the angel Gabriel has come back to help him understand further mm. this fantastic um, meaning of the sanctuary or the cleansing of the sanctuary. What vision is this that Gabriel is calling Daniel to consider further in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 23, where Gabriel says he's come to make him understand the vision? Hannah. Yes. Um so it was the vision of the 2300 days. Um, the only part of the previous vision in Daniel 8 that he didn't, uh, he hadn't um, explained it to Daniel. So because he was sick, but in Daniel 9, the angel returned to continue his commission to make Daniel understand. So um, yeah, he came back to explain it to. Yeah, so, so um, the angel Gabriel comes back to enlighten him about mm -hmm. this vision that he didn't understand yes. and tell him more. And this is given in Daniel chapter 9, verses uh, 24 to, verti to uh, 27. And so let's look at Daniel chapter 9, verses 24. And it says that 70 weeks are determined upon your people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. What is this speaking about, Harold? Well, the first portion of it there, it says 70 weeks are determined for your people. Daniel was a Jew. And so there is a period of 70 weeks determined for the Jewish nation. And when you look at prophecy, both in Daniel and Revelation, when you have uh, prophetic time, you have this symbolic time, a day in prophecy represents a year. Yeah. And there's a few references in the Bible. You can read in Ezekiel or Numbers, yeah. Ezekiel 4, 6, a day represents a year. So 70 weeks. If you count the days, 70 times 7 is 490. And 490 years would be the time for the Jewish nation. And then it tells you exactly what takes place there because it's going to make an end for sins. Jesus came to do that. And yeah. so you have this time from the time that this uh, uh, recommendation went out, this decree went out until Jesus comes. It's all down here. Yeah, thank you. And so... Um, 490 years, but we, to understand that, we need to have a beginning date. Yep. And this is given in verse 25 of chapter 29, and it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. And so that's 69 weeks. Yep. When is this given? What is the beginning date for the decree? Hannah? Yes. 
Bible gives us the understanding. Um, if we read Ezra 6.14, it indicates that God's command for the um, complete restoration of Jerusalem was put into effect by the decree of three um, uh, Persian monarchs. Uh, one, Cyrus decree in 537 BC, and the second one, Darius decree in 518 or um, 19 BC, but they were incomplete. And when we look more closely, um, the decree of Artaxerxes in 457 BC fulfilled the requirements of Daniel 9.25. Hmm. This decree allowed the Jews not only to return to their homeland, but also to establish themselves as a religious community. So this decree is the beginning of the prophecy. So that's in 457 BC, which yes. is our beginning date. Now the rest of verse 25, it says, um, from this commandment until Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks um, and two weeks uh, and three score weeks and two weeks. And so um, what is this event relating to the Messiah about? The Messiah Harold? the Prince, if it's seven weeks, and three score and two, 62. And you work that out. Then you have this time from when the Messiah is coming. It leads you this time right down to 27 AD. Jesus is anointed. He's become the Messiah when the, the, the dove comes down and he said at his baptism. Thank you. So the Messiah means the anointed one. Correct. Mm. And he, Jesus was literally anointed when he was baptized in, yep. right on time in 27 AD. Yep. Um, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, staying there, it says that he shall confirm the covenant um, with many for one week or in seven days. And it is seven years, but in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifices and oblations to cease. How is this to happen, Hannah? Yes, so a week has seven days, and we know um, um, half of the seven is 3.5, and we know the um, week, uh, sorry, day and year, it's the uh, pro equal in prophecy. So, um, so this involves Jesus' ministry on earth and after his baptism. So then Jesus' death on the cross in 30 AD fulfilled the temple uh, sacrifice type, the lamb made antitype. So people were bringing this uh, offering and sacrifice, but Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. So his death on the cross, and therefore they didn't need to bring the sacrifice anymore because he is the perfect sacrifice. Mm. Thank you. Uh, he is the sacrifice and he fulfilled that, didn't he? Yes. Mm. But tell me, what does Jesus' baptism and death got to do with our judgment? Well, this great prophecy, which is talking about the cleansing of the sanctuary or the judgment, leads you right down to the time of Jesus' baptism and the time of his death. And so his death and the judgment are interlinked. They're intertwined together mm. and they do come. And so if you accept Jesus, then the judgment is given in your favour. Mm. So Jesus coming and the judgment all work together. That's why the angel Gabriel brought Jesus anointment and death on the cross. Correct. All in this prophecy. But there's still half a week to go, three and a half years. Um, 
to make up the 70 or the four, 70 weeks or 490 years of probation for the Jewish nation. Hmm. What happened in 33 AD, which is the, after 490 years from 457 BC? to 33 AD. What happened in, the, in that time? Yes. So 33 AD, it was the decision of the Jewish council to stone Stephen. Um, he was the first Christian uh, deacon and he was the first mm. Christian martyr as well. In doing this act, the Jewish nation um, probation clause by rejecting Christ's servant officially. Okay. Mm. So after that time, the gospel was to go to the Gentiles. Gentile. Mm. And that's when Jesus started um, the Christian church. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So the starting date of 457 BC is, is given for the 2300 day prophecy of Daniel 8.14. What date does this come to? We need a bit of um, mathematics here. So we start at 457 BC, 2300 days or years. Is that right? What does that bring us to? Harry? Well, with the decree going out in 457 for this 2,300 day year prophecy, if you take 2,300 years, remember there's no year naught, then you come to 1844. And so you find then that in 1844, Jesus begins his work of cleansing the sanctuary, seeing those who have lived, who have chosen him, to be his saints. And that's what the judgment's to do. Are you one of Jesus' saints or not? And so this prophecy delineates when Jesus was baptized, when he died, and when he starts his work to exonerate his saints and say, you'll be part of my kingdom. Yes, thank you. And so there was a group in the 19th century start called the Millerites. Yes. And William Miller, he, came, he believed that the cleansing of the sanctuary he came across Daniel 8.14. Yes. He thought the cleansing of the sanctuary was the cleansing of the earth. Mm. But it wasn't, was it? It was the cleansing of the heavenly sanctuary yes. of the sins of God's professed uh, people's sins, mm. right? So that's why it's so important to understand the sanctuary service. Yeah. Yes. In Daniel 9, verse 26, it states that the Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. Mm. What does this mean, Hannah? Let me read Romans 5, 6 to 9. The Bible says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For um, scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So he did not, not die for himself. He died for us. He died for the sinners because we have nothing to offer Correct. to him. But he saved us and he died for us. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you, Harold, for joining us today. That's all we have time for. The Day of Atonement symbolizes a day of judgment when Christ comes to the aid of his people. His judgment harmonizes with his faithfulness. Jesus as our heavenly high priest champions the cause of his people. He guides them and protects them. His judgment is motivated by love, grace, mercy, and his desire to reconcile sinners with himself. The outcome of his judgment, therefore, is salvation. Do you belong to him? If not, why not give yourself to him today? 
so that he may save you from all your sins now and when he returns in the future, he will take you into his eternal kingdom. We are glad you joined us on Let God Speak. You can view all our past programs on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Teachers' helps are there also. God bless you. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.